Sacktown Sports. Check us out on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and subscribe. Kings kick off a seven-game road trip. This was one of my buddy's walkout songs at Temple. Really? Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. Pretty good. Was it Drive, this part baby. right here? Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen Drive? I mean, it's not my swag. Okay. I need something more upbeat. Yeah. But I was like, right. I, I like this bad. for you. Yeah. Not for me, though. <laughs> I like this for you. Yeah. I need something. It's not bad. Yeah. I'll find Nate. I it's will bouncy. find my, yeah. my walkout. Because, you know, that was still back in the day when there was the hot new hip hop. So the goal was to find something and you couldn't really find the edited version. So you had to tell the PA person, hey, cut it at 122 and not a second longer. But, you know, I'll I'll get my because I told you the DMX for Yes. Yeah. yeah. De La Salle. But I will find my it was a artist from P-World, Pittsburgh, California. P-World? Call it P-World out there. Okay. Love me some P World. Yeah. yeah. There's the Yak, which is Antioch. Yeah, and then right. I've heard that. Yeah. And then there's P World. So I've I never will, heard the Yak. I like that. So I will. I like the Yak. Yeah, I will find that for you, for sure. As the Kings kick off a seven-game road trip, we read off the box score from the from the Warriors last night, and you know, man, this is just a team that as soon as you think they're done, as soon as you think you can't. You don't really have to worry about them. Somebody gets hot, right? And it's been happening less and less as everybody is raving. It's so funny, Warriors fans, because obviously there's still a ton of them on my feeds. Kaminga's untouched now. Kaminga's untouchable course, now. Y'all yeah. were trying to get rid of him yeah. about a week ago. Mm-hmm. Now he has a good game. He's untouchable again. And, you know, you're giving this guy up more opportunities. I guess Steve Curry is now all of a sudden he's untouchable if he gets that offensive skill set, it could be dangerous. Sure. So you're coming off a of back-to-back. Again, you got Klay Thompson scoring 20-plus. You get Kaminga, the perfect game, not missing a shot, 11 right. for 11. I would bet one of those two things doesn't happen again. Yeah. I would. <laughs> the, uh, one of those two things. The Kaminga thing is interesting because he hasn't really, even in the playoffs, like hasn't really had a, a great game against the Kings. So that mm. would be interesting just to kind of see – where that offense would come from because funny enough I mean the guy who's absolutely killed the Kings from the Warriors that the Warriors just haven't because apparently Steve Kerr hates him is Moses Moody he's been the one who every single time is I know yeah remember Moses Moody I think he is still injured with the calf though yes yes no he is but yeah I wouldn't know whether he is or not it's just we haven't seen what Jonathan Kaminga can be uh, Mm -hmm. from the Kings side of things like every time he he's been somebody who Kerr is hesitant to throw out there. I think even in the playoffs, he played Kaminga the first two games and then really didn't play him much at all the rest of the series. Uh, so that'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see uh, what kind of impact he has. Because ideally, if we're thinking, I mean, when Kaminga was on the trade block all of those two weeks ago, mm-hmm. we were talking about how he's a guy that the Kings don't really have. Mm-hmm. Like he's a he's a really long, physical, crazy athlete. Uh, and, you know, that's also been the prototype of the guys who kill the Kings. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see, though the Kings did do a really good job with Jalen Johnson the other day. I think Kaminga presents a lot of uh, similar problems where that fool is just going to attack the rim, attack the rim, attack the rim. And as we know, the Kings uh, really don't have excellent rim protection. And, you know, they've been better this year, but really do allow people to drive the lane pretty easy. Yeah, I think both these teams are going to be – Lacking in other areas, yeah. you know, we we did the game with 
Carmichael, Dave, and Jason Ross about what we think is going to happen. A lot of three pointers will be shot. Oh yeah, today on the from the stack chat from Laylo Keegan covers Steph. Absolutely not. I've already said hmm. I don't want to see Keegan on these small guards anymore. I think that there's versatility in in defense, and Keegan has that. Starting to push it a little bit. It's it's getting to Mahomes and Kadarius Tony level <laughs> to where hey Keegan can guard. The best, the best player on the other team, if it's a bigger guard or someone like that, we, I remember you running the numbers and what, what Coach Mike Brown even said, look to see, you will see Kevin Herter mm-hmm. on Steph Curry, yeah. and I think that's a great pull from Jason Ross saying that Davion will have a big night because I think we see Davion sure. tonight. We might see Keon Ellis tonight. I don't think Keegan will be on Steph very often. Yeah, I bet it happens a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be the primary plan. They'll probably start the game, like you said, with Kevin on him. Um, Mike has talked endlessly about how he thinks Kevin is is a really good matchup on Steph. Uh, whether or not we agree or not, he he's going to insist on it. So I would expect – I mean, and Mike also always, always talks about it, specifically with Steph, uh, but you got to give those guys like a healthy diet of just – different like mm-hmm. it's not even necessarily that he thinks Kevin Herter is one of the best defenders on the team or one of the best Steph stoppers out right. there it's just hey here's Kevin Herter for eight minutes uh here's Keegan Murray for another eight minutes and then we're gonna end probably with De'Aaron on him and mm-hmm. so it's like hey here's three completely different body types different types of athletes and you know it's gonna be a game for you throughout this game to try and figure out okay maybe some of Herder's weaknesses aren't the same as Keegan's weaknesses, and which aren't the same as De'Aaron's weaknesses. And so you're just trying to make Steph think as much as possible. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's uh, I don't know if it necessarily works, but you got to, you know, when a guy like Steph, or when you're playing a guy like Steph, you almost got to try and beat him mentally as much as you're beating him actually on the floor. And offensively, and I know a lot, these teams switch a lot, most teams do these days, but offensively, I was watching the game last night, and they had Kaminga on DeJounte Murray. Now, really? DeJounte Murray, six, a, a shady 6'5 uh, that's a tough type guard. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's not going to be Clay these days yeah. on De'Aaron. You're going right. to see Kaminga on De'Aaron, and I want to see how he takes that. You see a long defender like Kaminga. Is he more three happy because he doesn't feel like he can yeah, get he can to the get cup? Him, right? Leapers like to leap. De'Aaron is very good at the shot fakes and the pump fakes. Does he does he result to that? But I would bet you're going to see Kaminga on De'Aaron a lot, yeah. and that's a guy who doesn't want to get easily switched off. Right. Yeah. So I don't think I think you can try definitely for sure. Yeah. But I think Kaminga is going to try to fight through that stuff, and we saw they still don't have Chris Paul, they still don't have GP two, and GP two is a guy that you would see in that that spot as well. So offensively, I know we were and we got prop top coming up later at about one thirty, but. Nate asked me a question about De'Aaron Fox in the prop talk, and now I'm kind of talking myself out of it mm. just because of Kaminga and yeah. Kaminga's prowess defensively. All guests and callers join us from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop, 916-339-1140. Let's get out to Steven who wants to be a part of the conversation. What's up, Steven? How you doing today? You know where you're at. Oh, yeah, I definitely know where I'm at, man. I hope you figured out your uh, your ride situation, man. I My brother used to take the ace cord, the ace train from Stockton to, to the bay all the time. And, okay. Uh, I guess that thing is a commuter train, so kind of nice. Um, real quick, man, so what is up with you and Pajemski? What is I, up with <laughs> – I know, I know you come – 
I know you come from the Bay. Uh-huh. I know you come from Warriors land. Yeah. But my God, I'm not why feeling do them. you not like yeah. Pajemski I'm a t- a I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. So basically, is that? did you have anything else or – no, that was okay. essentially it, man. Because <laughs> Alan's going to take some time. Okay, so okay. I'll tell I'll you why. Keep it Warriors for a minute. So, okay, go ahead. Okay, so basically, this guy, thanks for the call, Steve. Basically, You're- he's one of these guys who they said they're very open, the, the Warriors are, about how cocky he is. And he is pretty cocky. Yeah. The first thing that annoyed me about Pajemski was when we were watching, I think it was the most recent game in Golden 1, for the in-season tournament, and he's on the bench. He's he could, going he, wild. He he wasn't even. He was. I'm gonna be honest. It was giving shades of Tyrese Halliburton. It was. No, he's, it really he, was. He, he's bench mobbing. He it thought up. he was Ken Bazemore out there. And I'm a little. Am I a little jealous? Yeah, because the Kings don't really have a crazy bench mob. But he's yeah. bench mobbing it up. He's looking at the crowd. Yeah. I'm thinking, dude, you've done nothing in this league. And here's the other thing. This guy, he does this thing that just really annoys me <laughs> to where you know how people keep receipts? Yes. He will do that for anything. And hes I don't even follow him on Twitter, but it pops up on my feed. It's almost like somebody's trolling me to where this is from Warriors on NBC. This is from Warriors NBC Sports, right? It's an article, and it says, Brandon Pajemski, and this isn't the first time, Brandon Pajemski appears to have hit the proverbial rookie wall and how he attacks the challenge could determine how far the Warriors go. He quote tweets it with a a writing emoji, like he's taking notes and he does this stuff all the time and it annoys me. You're not doing anything. And then every time when the Warriors have been going through it, Mm -hmm. we get mad. at It's almost fake hustle to me. That's what it is, right? So in baseball, there was a, 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 a... uh, I don't know if you want to call it an epidemic to where one guy in the in the College World Series, he was super juiced up and he got hit by a ball, right? He got hit by a ball and he sprinted to first base and it just amped up the team. And it was natural. Oh, I and think it was literally juiced, like juiced up. Like no, no, no. Shout okay. out, yeah, I'm not, I don't know if shout out anybody there, but <laughs> he got hit by a ball. And he sprinted to first base, right? Yeah. And the first time we saw it, I'm thinking, I've never seen that before. That kind of got me going, right? right? That's pretty dope. Then it turned into a thing right. to where everybody, it's a pop fly, clearly in foul territory, sprint it out. It's a walk, mm-hmm. sprint it out. And I'm thinking, this is corny now. This is right. fake hustle to me. And and so Brandon Pajemski, when the Warriors are going through their struggles, we're getting mad at, at the, the whoever players on the Kings for not taking accountability. Brandon Pajemski is saying, no, this one's on me. Yeah. This one. Will you stop it? It's not on you. And you know that. Yeah. Okay, and there was one scene where they lost some. There was one scene where they lost something, and he was just sitting on the bench like it was the final four. Yeah. And he's just sitting on the bench after mm-hmm. the game ended. And somebody on the Warriors said, "Look yeah. how much this means to him." I can't stand the fake hustle. That's why, Steven. I don't like the Warriors hype machine. If I had to throw in anything yes. to that, I just also don't like that Brandon Pajemski. I'm now all of a sudden supposed to believe he's playing like Jaime Hawkes is. Like, it's right. like this dude is one of people. Don't get it. He's untouchable. And, and untouchable. Trace Jackson Davis, like he is playing well. I like how Trace Jackson Davis is playing. But oh my God, steal of the draft. Right. Even right. though we completely manipulated the draft, so no one would take him. Yeah. So that we yeah. can get him in the second round. Right. Steal of the draft. <laughs> what are other GMs doing? Yep. It's just, it's, like, it's, relax, just it's, it's, 
It's ridiculous. And he does this receipt thing all the time. And honestly, you know, he's just one of those guys. And that's, you know, the guys that you like on your team. But if he's not on your team, it annoys you. And he annoys me. And if he goes off tonight... Remember that's, when Nico Mannion was the thing? I'm not, Nico I Mannion, think he's better than Nico yes, Mannion. Yes, and if he goes off tonight, that's Steven's fault for making me go on this <laughs> exactly. rant about Brandon Pajemski. Got to get to a break. When we get back, we're continuing to discuss the Kings and the Warriors and what our expectations are for this seven-game road trip. Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. Sports. Call or text at 916-339-1140. What are you made of? That's what we're asking the Kings as they embark on their longest road trip of the season. First up, you get your rival, the Golden State Warriors. Next, you get Chris Watkins' favorite player, Luka Doncic. After that, you get the shorthanded Grizzlies, to put it lightly. After that, you get heat culture. And after that, Tyrese Halliburton and his oversized sweaters. Because I guess he probably... Did you see the fit he had on yesterday? Dude, he got roasted. Brother, what is that? He looked like <laughs> Sherlock Holmes's like <laughs> assistant or something. Like, what? No, I he wish like we he had... Was sweeping chimneys or yeah, something. What I is wish... going on? No, people were like, what is this extra, extra read all about right, it yes, looking fit? <laughs> Dude looked like he was in the Christmas story or something. What, like, what that's, is going yeah, on? Yeah. Oh, Chim Chimney. Kids these days, they are just doing... No, I think it's just him. That's the yeah, problem. Right. He feels like he's getting a fit off. Yeah. And I'm like, brother... Who dropped you off in a time machine? Right. There's just a lot. Or he looks like he's about to charge me $17 for a well drink. Brother. Yeah, exactly. That's what a he craft looks like. Cocktail. Yes, yes. He is a mixologist yes. to the oh, highest order. A thousand percent. He's going to shake. He's got two hands. He's yep. shaking with both hands. Yep. And there will Some be dry incense. Ice in yes, there, or there will be incense and uh, and a, and a, and a orange rind, oh, yeah. a peel rind. Yeah. That's what's going on there. After that, you had to you had to the I guess the biggest trade capital of the NBA right now in Chi Town in Chicago. After that, they were hot. They may have cooled off, but they still have guys that can do some things and they might be looking for a little bit of revenge in the Cavs and you have them in Cleveland. Get back, you take on the Pistons, who are the Pistons, and after that, and they might have Zach Levine by that point. And after <laughs> that right. You have the Nuggets and start your Ugh. Nuggets. It's just a Nuggets February. Yeah. And with all that being said, in between that, at some point, the trade deadline will come and go. Yep. It's uh, it's definitely a very interesting time right now. And I, I think that, uh, you know, just in general, we need to keep that in mind as the Kings are apparently going to go into this road trip before making or uh, yes, before making a move. 
you know, it's it's a really tough time. It's it's really awkward, especially, you know, as the deadline gets even closer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what, we're a little bit, a uh, week and a half pretty much at I this stopped point. checking. It's, uh, you know, the guys are, are going to start getting nervous around game time where it's like, you know, Harrison Barnes is somebody who's definitely got some trauma mm-hmm. to deal with because he was traded literally in the middle of a game one time. So it's, it's one of those things where, you know, these dudes are literally walking out into warmups and looking over, quite literally looking over their shoulder, looking over to the sideline and just waiting. They're waiting for Alvin Gentry or for someone to a PR or anyone to just come out and say, hey, Harrison, like, let me chat with you. Come here real quick. And then they're done. And you don't you don't see them again. They don't know. You know, I'm sure they hear some whispers of, hey, man, it's really sounding like things are picking up, but you never know. And. You know, just from the human side of it, that's that's tough to get ready every single day, knowing either a this could be the last time I do it with this group of guys, or you know, b just being like I, you know, this this could just be, you know, this could be nothing. It could just be you being worried and uh, and nothing ends up happening. So it's it's just a really strange time. Is it fair to say that this is the? I mean, it, it definitely so far, but are we going to look back at this and say? on the court and off the court, talking Monty McNair, everybody involved. These next two weeks, basically, most important stretch of the Kings season. Season, for sure. This determines it. I mean, if they don't, I mean, whether they make a move or not definitely affects the the outcome of the season, whether or not they could potentially be a second-round team or maybe even further than that or, you know, like we've kind of been talking about these past couple weeks as it seems as no deal has been made. I mean, feels like if nothing's going to change – things are probably going to stay the same mm-hmm. and there'll probably be a first round exit at this rate. Uh, and you know, <laughs> as they're flirting with the play in, I think, uh, you know, there's, there's also potential that they miss the playoffs completely mm-hmm. and not necessarily because they don't get a seven through 10 seed, but because they put themselves into that kind of tournament where they could find themselves out of it. And I think uh, anybody who's been paying attention to this Kings team uh, throughout their bad times, not just tuned in for last year, mm-hmm. Something tells me you know that this a little bit of this organizational organization's DNA has to still be around, and you just can't trust the Kings in a uh, in any sort of situation to get the job done. I'm not going to trust it at least. <sighs> I've seen too much. You're saying on or off? In terms, I'm saying uh, well, you know, off the court could be interesting too, as we know. I'm not saying it's happening, but this ownership group, and more specifically Vivek, to be honest with you, has been. A little bit pushy around trade time, so uh, in the past, and yeah. so it wouldn't surprise me if that. And that's really, I mean, it definitely plays a factor into why I think a trade's gonna happen. Is I do feel like there's got to be some. If if I know this ownership group like I think I do, there's there's definitely some pressure to do something. Vivek has never really been one to just kind of sit around and wait. And I think uh, if I had to. Just guess, based off of the personalities, I would say that there's probably a good push and pull right now with Vivek and Monty. Monty's always been somebody who's a wait-and-see kind of guy, and I'll hop when I think the opportunity's right. Vivek has always been a now, 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 now. Yeah, and hopefully they fall somewhere in the middle because I'm just thinking you could look at this Warrior game a couple different ways because you have a team who is, what are they, the 11th seed right now? The last time I checked, they were 12. They're definitely outside looking in. Yeah, they're they're definitely outside looking in. So if you are the Kings and you still feel like, hey, last season was a little bit different. The Warriors were 
still hanging around with that allure coming off a championship and the Kings were kind of the upstart team. So losing to them is whatever. And I believe this is the last time they play the Warriors. They played them 17 times already. If you lose to the Warriors who are in the middle of a down, like I don't think even if the Warriors go on a little run here and they're feeling good and their spirits are high, the Warriors without a move are not going to do anything very similar to how I feel like their ceiling is lower than the Kings. I think they both need to make a move to raise their ceilings and get back in the championship conversation. But if you lose to the Warriors tonight, it's the Warriors. And, and even if it's close, sure. We'll have a conversation. If it's not close, Mm -hmm. you think Vivek is going to be feeling it. I think so. I think at that point it's like, because, again, you're not coming home until the day before the deadline. And right. so, at the very least, it's going to be Vivek saying, hey, or somebody. Somebody it doesn't have to be Vivek. It could be anybody. But it's probably going to be Vivek. Yeah. Saying, like, hey, here we are on yeah. this road trip here. Just saying something something better be in the works yeah. at the least. You know, I need to be, you know, and it sounded like the Siakam thing was legit. Uh, you know, I don't know how legit in terms of it was really close, but I think the talks were really happening. Uh, it, again, it would surprise me if nothing is done on this road trip. I, I just think with, with how unspectacular this season has been and uh, the trajectory that things are on and, I mean, really, with all the background stuff going on as well, like I, I do think that yeah, nothing, nothing cures all quite like winning, and uh, you know, getting getting the fan base and the media, especially, focused more on trades and hey, here's this new guy, how's this gonna work, and stopping worrying about all the things we've been worrying about the past week, the four game losing streak on top of that, you know, it's, it wouldn't surprise me if if something's if especially if they lose today. Let's pick up that pace a little yeah, bit. Yeah, right. that's a great point because you have between this drama, media PR drama, the fact that they're still trying to get back rolling. I yes. mean, they've just won one game since this four-game losing the streak. Trey Youngless at home, a Trey Youngless Hawks. Yes, Hawks so if you, go, if you lose tonight, yeah. I think a bit – very easy way to say, okay, we need to change the vibe in here. What would that be? Five of six? Make that trade. Yeah. Make absolutely. that trade. We got to get the conversation yeah. moving in a different direction. And All I think right. they don't play until Saturday after today. As They're well. getting a huge break. <laughs> it's crazy. Huge breaks. So they, they didn't play. They went from Thursday, they played the Pacers. Then they didn't play again until Monday. And then Monday, they played. Now they didn't play again until Thursday. And now here Thursday, now they're not playing again until Saturday, which is more traditional, the one day. Sure. But they're not, you know, they're the back-to-back situation. They don't have that back-to-back until February 2nd, February 3rd. I don't understand the NBA schedule at all. Never. Like, how how do we have all of these days off in between games, and yet there's felt like there was a moment where, yeah, we had, I think, what, the Kings have already played four or five back-to-backs yeah. already? It's like, I don't, I don't get it. Got to get to a break. When we get back, J.D. John hey. Dickinson joins us to talk some Warriors. J.D., I, I saw J.D.'s number. He, he, we know he's got his, his, his roots here in Sacramento as he gives us the breakdown on all things Warriors and what to expect tonight when the Kings head to the Bay. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports.
live and local. Live and local. This is Sacktown Sports. We are back and joined by friend, good friend of the show, J.D. John Dickinson. On location out there in, in Santa Clara already, J.D., J.D., insider and host for KNBR Warriors and Niners. J.D., thanks for taking the time. You're doing double duty, sounds like, today. Yeah, doing double duty today and, and double duty yesterday. It's mm. it's fun times here in the Bay and in Northern California. The the Warriors had their game last night against the Hawks, 49ers practice yesterday and today. And then obviously the Warriors and Kings for the fourth and final time, at least in the regular season uh, tonight over at Chase Center. So, yeah, busy times, fun times. Happy to be on with you both. J.D., before we get to the X's and O's of tonight, I mean, I watched the game last night in the tribute to Coach Decky. You were in the building. Can you just describe the feelings in there? I mean, how do you get ready to not just play a basketball game, to cover a basketball game, to cheer for a basketball game? Have you ever experienced anything like that? And and where do you think the Warriors are emotionally, physically, and mentally right now? I think they're still trying to figure out how to move forward. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought as far as the last part, you know, Steve Kerr addressed the fact in his postgame press conference that, that you can – do everything that the Warriors have done to try and grieve and mourn and start to heal over the course of of the last week uh, since this happened. And you get to the point where you're about to play a game as, as they were last night, and then you pay tribute and you play the game, but you get through the game and the emotion of everything. And it doesn't change the fact that he's still gone. And he's still not a part of the Warrior family, as he has been here for the last three years. And there's still a wife without a husband and a couple of kids without a father. And so when you start uh, to, to, to think down that path, it's, you know, this is going to be a long process as, as the Warriors continue to, to try and, and, and push through. The, the, the ceremony itself was just spectacular. I mean, I thought the Warriors did a, a first-class job from – Steve Kerr's comments and asking for a moment of ovation yeah. to the playing of the Serbian national anthem uh, was tremendous. The, the placing of the jerseys on his spot on, on the bench. Uh, Mike Dunleavy Jr. presenting his his widow with the with the flower. And it, it I mean, it was just it was wonderful. And and, you know, to see the strength that she showed and, and uh, the, the kids showed to be you know in the building, I, I thought was was unbelievable. And it, it really made me think. It, it kind of along the lines of what we were just saying, you know, they got to this point where it felt like, okay, it was time to get back and that they were going to be able to get back. But going through that ceremony, it just like, it struck me at, at, at like, oh, like they have to play right now. And Draymond right, Green's right. in tears. Yeah. And Clay Thompson's in tears. Like, and so uh, they did it. I'm not sure how they did. I know there'd been the week long buildup and the, everybody goes through the grieving process differently. But uh, it's definitely not a a closed chapter by any means uh, for for this Warriors team. J.D., just a quick follow-up. I mean, this might seem extreme to say, but could this affect – we've seen, just like the Kings have been connected to a bunch of names, could this affect how the Warriors approach the trade deadline? I mean, there's just not a lot of time to to do anything, right? I mean, this feels like if you're saying, obviously, they're still affected by this – if if you're Mike Dunleavy Jr., what what do you do? Yeah, I mean, what, two weeks from right now, yeah. basically, we're, we're talking about the, the trade deadline. And, 
Yeah, I do think it impacts it. it, it you know, it and look, the Warriors have to see what they can be uh, as they are a little bit closer to hole with Draymond Green back over the course of the the next couple of weeks. I mean, they're wildly disappointed in the first half, you know, because of the the two games that were postponed. They reached the halfway mark exactly last night. Everybody else had done it about a week ago, but they had a couple of those the games postponed. Uh, so they're you know, a 19-win team at, at the break. And I know people are at the, the midway point. And so I know people in Sacramento are, are not happy with, with the Kings, you know, basically being a 46-win, uh, you know, projected team at the halfway mark, even though it was the same as, as they were last season. But but people are really not happy uh, with the Warriors being a couple of cuts, you know, beyond that and being 12th still in, in the West. So uh, I think, you know, as as everyone continues to heal, it is going to have to get back to business as usual, and the Warriors are going to have to continue the evaluation mode that started prior to the the tragic events and and Coach Decky's passing a week ago on on Wednesday. But I do think, considering the way the Warriors operate as a, a you know with the the connectivity between Steph and Clay and Draymond and Steve Kerr and even Mike Dunleavy Jr. who's been around for the last five years and Joe Lacob. Uh, and and the guys that helped them win, Wiggins and Looney, uh, the guys that helped them win two years ago when when they got back to the the top of the mountain, I do think they have they treat their organization as a family more than I think most organizations do, and so I do think that there will be a factor in play here in the next two weeks as to do you want to do something that that maybe upsets the harmony that can't potentially be done in the summer so uh, i don't think it's a crazy question Mm -hmm. i I don't think there's a firm answer to it but i do think it will be factored in just knowing the way the the warriors operate as they look to to try and improve here in the two weeks till the deadline yeah i mean that's that's super interesting and obviously it's a really unique situation so who even knows yeah i mean it's just just wild and no, no easy transitioning off of that but uh you know the story from the game yesterday the actual on the floor uh, game was jo- uh, Jonathan Kaminga was incredible yesterday. It seems like, uh, you know, he's really uh, started to attack the inside a lot more. He was 11 of 11, I think, yesterday, uh, 25 points. W- what's really clicked for him, it seems like these past, I think, three or so games, uh, he- he's just been a-, a completely different guy. Yeah, it's it's four games now of 20 or wow. more, and it's wow. and it's 21 games in double digits. I mean, it, it, it's been more up and down for Kaminga. Uh, he really didn't have a good, let's say, first maybe month and a half of the season, wildly inconsistent. And then it, it was December the 6th when he basically found himself out of the rotation in a game at Chase Center against Portland. And the Warriors got down to Portland double digits in the second half. And, and Steve Kerr went to Kaminga and Kaminga basically was the best player on the floor for the last 16 minutes and helped him come back and win that game. And since then, he's been a lot better. He's been a cut even better than that over the last four games, going back through the last couple of weeks in in varying roles. And he really got an opportunity when Draymond Green was suspended to step in and get a lot more run. As far as what's been different for him, he's just been much more aggressive in attacking the basket, much more decisive in not only his looking to attack to, to score, but get all the way to the rim earlier in the year. He was, he would drive, but it would be kind of a half-hearted drive. He'd pull up uh, from, from 10 feet out. He'd, he'd miss these wild kind of pull up shots or, or he would go to the basket and maybe look to get fouled, which is a, a 
quality trait of his. He does get fouled a lot, gets to the free throw line, but but he wouldn't finish strong, so he wouldn't always get calls, and then he'd have some wild misses. He's just taking it right to the basket, but even when he's looking to move the ball, he's just doing it more decisively, more quickly in the flow of the offense. And when Kaminga's at his best, the shot chart looks exactly like it did last night. Uh, maybe not 11 for 11, but he's had he's had some eight of tens and some 11 of 14s, and like, but it's all basically dunks layups within three to five feet of the basket. I think he had one shot out of the paint last night. It was 10, 10 for 10 in the paint and one for 10. I think he hit a 15 foot or a 14 foot wing uh, wing jumper. Uh, and so last night is the kind of game because Draymond was back and because he played on the floor with Wiggins and Draymond and, and Steph and Clay more, it's the kind of game that I think lead the Warriors down the path of, Hey, maybe this guy is a piece that, that, we can continue to to hang on to and see what his ceiling is down the line because he can also help this team this year. It's sort of twofold, twofold with Kaminga. Can he help this team in a role this year with the other champion core players to where you get to keep them around to see what uh, the tantalizing future could be? So I, I thought it was, if not his best game of the season, it was one of them, but he's had quite a few of them over the last few weeks. Talking to John Dickinson, J.D., host and insider for KNBR, Warriors Overtime, and also covers the Niners. J.D., one more before we get you out of here. We know that you talk and write Warriors, but you frequent Kings games, and you know a lot about the Kings, and you watch a lot of Kings basketball. From what you've seen, what do you think the Kings need to improve on? What is wrong with the Kings right now? as they try to get out of that four game, they get out of the four game losing streak. They beat the Hawks to a couple nights ago. And now they try to stay on the right track and beat the Warriors tonight. Yeah. It, it's, it's interesting. They, they do seem like a different version of the same. I mean, they've been much more and they were Fox and Sabonis dependent last year, but they got a lot more from others. They got more, I mean, Malik Monk dependent this year. I mean, Monk was a, an important player for them, but they've been Monk dependent this year, yeah. uh, you know, to, to my eye. And it's almost as if they've needed two of those three between Monk, Sabonis and Fox, uh, you know, not to put Monk in that tier of player, but, but in terms of impact, you know, they've been much more dependent on those. They haven't gotten the seasons from, from Herder or Harrison Barnes, even that they did last year. Uh, it, it seems like, you know, the, the league, I think, takes them a little bit more seriously on a night in, night out basis. I think one of the things they did exceptionally well last year was just every game. You know, and they had some clunkers, some some bad losses, a couple here and there at home. But every game they they just they played hard and they made a lot of hay, I thought, in a league to where the the selective competitiveness of the rest of the league, like they always showed up. And if a team wasn't ready to play, they were so talented that they were going to win on that night. And yeah. I think that's a big part of why they built that record up to where it was. I also think there's been a little bit of a cloak of they want to do they're they're not happy with where they are because mm -hmm. it's it's basically the same. And I think, you know, they they wanted to improve off of that. They've seen Minnesota and Oklahoma City make a jump from behind them yeah. to now at the top of the conference for the time being. But I also think there's they're caught a little bit in they want to make a move and they want to get better. But the players that they are essentially using the Davion Mitchells and the Harrison Barnes and the Kevin Herters to dangle out there. Like the rest of the league is like you may not get the player that's going to significantly improve you for those players. I also get the sense that that there's a little bit of a weight 
in the locker room and the vibes aren't quite what they were last year, mm. where everybody just seems so content, yeah. just so connected. And I think part of it, my take, this is no insider source. I'm not reporting this, but just my take from, you know, covering some of their games and watching basically every single one of their games. Cause I watched the league. It feels like Harrison Barnes and Kevin Herter know that the, organization is dangling them and that the fan base wants them gone because they want an upgrade. And then questions are being asked about underachievements Mm -hmm. in the media, which I think creates a little bit of a different vibe compared to where everything was so positive, so connected. So, so just, you know, 15 guys all for one common goal, which was to break that long playoff drought. So I think they're caught a little bit in the year after the year where it's all, fun and games how do they get better i'm not sure that they can get the caliber of player they need to sort of be that third star mm-hmm. unless they're going to give up keegan murray and you guys know they don't want to give up keegan murray no. so and that's fine like that's another debate for another time right but they, they believe in keegan murray's ceiling and his future great but then you may then you have to choose if the the margins the additions or changes on the margins help you enough to basically take away from what has been a pretty uh, pretty well-oiled machine, even if the connectivity and the chemistry maybe isn't quite what it had been. There you have it, J.D. Yeah, you know, it's Warriors, but you are NBA But I'd insider. say enjoy it. I would say enjoy it. Okay. The people in Sacramento and yeah. I'm from Sacramento, like I would just say deep breath and enjoy another year of this team being good. Like they are back. I know it doesn't seem that way, but Mm -hmm. they are backing up what they did last year because they basically have a similar now 48 may not get you the three seed this year, but just, I I would just say, embrace it, enjoy it. Obviously talk about ways they can get better. It's all fun and games, Mm -hmm. but, but there seems to be a little too much angst. Right. When I'm in Sacramento over why they're not better. Why, why, why are they not making the leap? So to speak. And it's like, it'll, It'll come there. You don't want to make a panic move right. if you're the Kings right now. Something that ends up setting you back when you worked so hard to get it to this level where you are a playoff, you know, consistent playoff level team. There you have it. J.D., John Dickinson, Warriors, Niners host, insider for KMBR. J.D., am I going to see you at the Niners game this weekend? I'm going to be there. Absolutely. We'll All right. You. We'll see you at the Niners game. I will see you then. Thank you so Looking much, J.D. We'll talk to you soon. You got it, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, J.D. Got to get to a break. When we get back, Sam Amick was on our airwaves and brought up a couple names in that trade generator. Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. Sacktown Sports. Check us out on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and subscribe. Big thanks to John Dickinson, KMBR Warriors and Niners host and insider, giving us a little breakdown of the Warriors situation. I mean, honestly, the idea that they may not make I mean it's just really just changed the complexity yeah of their season it's tough right it's they really got two tough. weeks yeah. right and at some point the the and like we we were listening to the broadcast last night and it's oh well this is just kind of unprecedented yeah. there's no rule there's no book for this right mm-hmm. so at some point 
they have to say, okay, we have to get back to business. Yeah. And they're kind of just in a terrible situation because whenever they yeah. do get back, they either don't get back to business and, and that that roster is not doing anything, Mm-mm. or they do get back to business and it's somebody that has been really sad on the bench because right. their coach right. just passed away getting shipped off to right. wherever. So, And somebody walking into that situation as well without any of the context of like, yes. whoa, like yeah. things are heavy here. I right. was not expecting this. Yeah, so we will see what happens tonight. We have news getting back into some trades. Sam Amick was on our airwaves this morning and had some things to say about – players the Kings may be interested in. Here it is. Chatting, um, you know, the names last night that I, that were new a little bit for me in relation to the Kings um, were Royce O'Neal and, and Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, I thought those were kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe not as uh, sexy, so to speak, as a Kuzma who's going to bring you scoring and, and, you know, the offensive side of the ball, but this is a a bad defensive team that's trying to get better, those guys could help. So, Royce O'Neal. Real specific, too. Yeah, Royce O'Neal, both on the Nets, another team that may be heading towards a fire sale. Royce O'Neal in the 2023-2024 season, seven points, averaging seven points, 4.6 rebounds, three assists, shooting 37% from the field. He is 6'6 at a Baylor. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he is 30 years old. I would imagine compared to Dorian Finney-Smith, so you have Dorian Finney-Smith averaging 8.9 points per game, 4.8 rebounds, one assist, shooting 40% from the field. And he's 30 as well, out of University of Florida. Chris, is this, I'm looking at both of them, is this the curious case of, the the Nets having a lot of when you look at the Nets they just got a lot of similar guys yeah a lot of wings yes too many wings too many yeah, wings way too many wings uh, definitely not, too many drumsticks not enough flats like, huh? I, I mean it, and it, it, the thing is if Brooklyn's selling uh, it's great Dorian Finney Smith and and Royce O'Neal are two really lower level options to go after but. I'm asking about Cam Johnson and I'm asking about Mikael Bridges mm. first and foremost and if yeah. we can't figure something out there then. I'm moving my way over to Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal. I think if you can get those guys at a price that isn't what apparently Alex Caruso has been asked for, that's kind of like how I'll, I'll, you know, I'll talk about the uh, Kyle Kuzma is just a better value than Jeremy Grant. Forget about the players or what you think one brings that the other doesn't. It just makes more sense because Kyle's getting paid 22. In the same sense, if Alex Caruso is being asked two first-round picks for his services – well, you might be able to ship off two first-round picks and get Royce O'Neal and Dorian Finney-Smith. I, I feel like those guys can still have uh, a similar impact to that of of what Caruso would give, and it would definitely be at a much reduced rate, and you might be able to get two, uh, two instead of one. So I, I would much prefer uh, the Kings looking after the looking at those guys and and maybe shipping off uh, late protected first round pick in 2026 or something like that uh, than just leveraging uh, the few first round picks they have for just Alex Caruso, who might not be enough. Yeah. It looks like the Miami heat are interested in Dorian Finney Smith as well. Mm. Look, this might be, I'll put it to you like this. Chris and Chris, we had a a nice back and forth about showcase games, right? 
Well, the opposite of a showcase situation is what Dorian Finney-Smith is doing. There was a report a couple days ago about the Nets maybe wanting a first-round pick or something, maybe even more than that, for Dorian Finney-Smith. Dorian Finney-Smith, over his last six games, has 20 total points. Oh. (laughs) He's shooting 12% on threes and 28% at the rim. Nice. Buy, buy, <laughs> buy low, buy low. Are you telling me this doesn't? Yeah. This guy is a brick right now, yeah, and maybe sure that is. can help the Kings yeah. because there's no way, brother. I'm not giving you a first round pick for this, and you That's know that. Sure. You know that Nets. You know that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's he's and he's he's a role player. Like, I don't think there's any illusion of him ever being more than than exactly what he is. Like, he was in Dallas for I don't even know how many years he stayed there. Seven seasons in mm-hmm. Dallas, uh, and he was always just a, a solid role player. He was a replaceable starter. But I think for this Kings team, funny enough, like if you throw him into a rotation with HB, like I think you could get something between the two of those guys uh, that I think would be really productive forward minutes. And Mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, it wouldn't be excellent. You wouldn't be getting the high-end ceiling again of guys like Jeremy Grant or Kyle Kuzma, but Mm -hmm. you could kind of patchwork a good 48 minutes of forward play with those guys and then, of course, Keegan as well. Uh, It's kind of a little bit like the Clippers' approach last year to center. They had uh, Miles Plumley, or they I think they traded for Miles Plumley in the second half of the year and had Zubac as well. And it's like neither of those two guys are great, but it's at least assuring that for 48 minutes you're going to have competent play at that position. So I like Dorian Finney-Smith at the right price for sure. And hopefully there's no illusion that he can you know come to Sacramento and unlock something that he's never had before. Got to get to a break. When we get back, asking the question as the Kings take on the Warriors, is it weird to root for a rival? Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports.